Give them a hand, if you would. You can turn your Bibles to Second Corinthians, or First Corinthians, excuse me, First Corinthians chapter six. First Corinthians chapter six. funny stories or the other things that happen at camp, uh, you can talk with these kids after service. I'm sure they've got stories they can tell, and uh, I'll reference a couple of them tonight. And uh, We just really enjoyed our time with both the teens and the juniors, and uh, appreciate the time that we're able to go and spend with them. So let's, uh, let's look to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Look at verse number 19 tonight as we get started. And the Bible says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the opportunity you've given me to open up God's word tonight. I pray you just, Lord, take me out of the way. Lord, I pray your word would go forth. I pray the Holy Spirit would have free course to touch hearts and speak to people tonight. Lord, I pray that you just encourage us with this passage, and Lord, help us to do all that we do in our life to glorify Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name, amen. As we look at this passage, uh, we kind of start here in verse number 19. The Bible starts with a question, and as Paul is uh, writing under the inspiration of God, and he's writing to the church here at Corinth, he writes this question, and he asks, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? And, you know, when we were at camp, um, Pastor Herring, when we were at teen camp, uh, Pastor Herring did a great job of, of teaching some principles along the way, some, some Bible study principles, uh, how, to, how to look into God's word, how to uh, pick out some of the different words and things, and at one point in time, uh, he, he, he made a statement. It may have, been, it may have even been Pastor Nance, uh, but all throughout the week, we were, we were getting these principles of, of how, to, how to read God's Word and how to study God's Word. And one of them said, uh, one of the things that is missing in the Bible as far as what we see is tone. When we read God's Word and we're reading something, that we, sometimes we, we read a passage of Scripture, but because we weren't there, we really don't know what the tone or what the, the, the inflection in the voice really, really was. And, and sometimes, you know, I've come to this passage and sometimes I've read this question and I've just thought to myself, you know, Paul is writing here and he says, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? But I really don't think that's the way it was. I, I, I think, you know, if you could imagine with me, if you could imagine the Apostle Paul and he's walking with a group of believers and he's walking along, and maybe he's thinking about writing this, some of these thoughts to the Corinthian believers, the Corinthian church. And, and he's walking along, and somebody asks him a question, and they say, Brother Paul, are we the temple of God? And I could just imagine Paul walking along and him stopping dead in his tracks and turning around and going, What? Like, What? Sorry, my voice is a little uh, sketchy from camp still. What know ye not? You know, the, 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 the tone that he's probably writing this with is, 
what do you mean you don't know the answer to that question? Have you, have you not gotten this yet? Do you not understand this truth yet? Have you, have, you know, has, has, has God not taught this yet? What? What do you mean you don't know the answer to this question? And, and, I, and I, 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 I kind of get that Paul, when, he, when he's asking this, it's, it's kind of like, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? That's one question. And then he asks another question. He says, what? Know ye not that that body, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which ye have of God? And then he asks a third question. He says, what? Know ye not that that body, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which ye have of God? And ye are not your own. He's asking these questions and he's saying, look, do you not gather, have you not grasped the fact that God is living inside of you? The Holy Spirit of God is indwelling you. And, and he's, I, I can just see Paul being flabbergasted that a question even arose or that he's even having to deal with this. And, and he's just stunned at the fact that he even has to deal with this question in the first place. And I think sometimes, especially in our, in our American culture that we live in, we're the same way. We live our life, we do our things, we allow culture, we allow uh, social influences, we allow all these things to, to impact us and to change us to not being or not living the way that God wants us to live. To not living in a way that really is glorifying God as the, as the owner and as the indweller of our bodies. And, and sometimes in, in, our, in our lives, I think we need, to, we need to stop and we need to look inward and we need to go, what? Don't you know? Don't you know that the, your body is the temple, the dwelling place? The, 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 the place where the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost resides? which is in you, right? It's inside of us. It's inside of our bodies. God has given us our bodies as a, as a place to house the Holy Spirit of God. And when we trust Christ our Savior, the Holy Spirit of God comes and he indwells, he lives inside of us. And, and he's asking this question, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God? Where did our bodies come from? Where did our bodies come from? From God. He created us. He formed us. He gives us the strength. He gives us the breath. He gives us the life every single day. And, and so... We have this body, the Holy Ghost is indwelling in us, and it's all by the grace of God. Right? It's all because of Him. It's not because of anything that I'm able to do. It's not because I deserve even to be living right now. Correct? We have these things, we, ha we have this body, and just as we learned earlier this year, 
when we, when we talk about magnifying stewardship, our body is something that we need to be stewards of. We need to be stewarding this body, this vessel that God has given to us. And he ends this question and he says, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. He says, don't you know that you're, that you're not your own? That, that, that you don't really own you? We're, we're from God, right? We, we have this body because of God. That's what he just said previously. And the Holy Ghost is indwelling in us. He's living inside of us. And he goes on, and verse number 20 is kind of the, the, the answer to this question. And it's kind of like Paul is just saying, like there's, there's an invisible yes at the end of that question. Right? Because in verse number 20, he goes, for ye are bought with a price. And I think it's just kind of an understood answer to those three questions that yes, right? What, know ye not that, the, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. The answer to all three of those questions is yes, we should understand that, right? We, we know that now because Paul has just told us that. God has just told us that in his word. And so we come to verse number 20, and he gives the explanation of, of why that's so important. All right, look at verse number 20. The Bible says, for ye are bought with a price. And that brings us to number one tonight, the price that it costs. The price. What is the price that he's talking about there? For ye are bought with a price. What was the price? I heard a lot of different answers person of Jesus Christ, his blood, the blood of Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ was the price for us to have the ability to allow the Holy Ghost to come inside of us at the moment of salvation, there had to be the sacrifice. The blood of Christ had to be shed. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, for as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. The blood of Christ was the price that Paul is referring to that we are bought with. For ye are bought with a price. Jesus Christ had to come to this earth. He had to live. He had to be sinless. He had to go to an old rugged cross and die for us. For us to have the possibility of any of this. For us to have the possibility of the Holy Ghost living inside of us. For us to have the possibility of God directing our lives and our hearts. For us to be under his control and under his direction. Jesus Christ had to come and die. And shed his blood for us. That's the price that was paid. Jesus Christ shed his blood but what should be our response? Look in the next phrase in verse number 20. For you are bought with a price, therefore. And what do we do when you see the word therefore? Ask, what is it therefore? Right? Why, why, what's the therefore, therefore? Okay? Why is it there? Well, he refers right back to the first part of verse number 20. Right? You are bought with a price, therefore, because you've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, therefore, because of that price, because of the blood of Christ, in, in response to that, 
do what? Glorify God where? In your body and in your spirit. All right, if you want to put letter A and letter B, that's what it is. Glorify God in your body and then glorify God in your spirit. All right? Our response is that we should be glorifying God in every aspect of our life. I have learned this week from an 11-year-old girl that I'm going to die of diabetes. And she was being dead serious all week long when she told me that. Miss Cece came up to me on uh, Monday evening, Tuesday morning, I don't know. And she looked at me as I was eating my second biscuit. And she said, do you know how much sugar is in that? As I was drinking my second glass of apple juice, she says, you're old, Brother Kenny, and you're going to die of diabetes. I said, how old do you think I am? She said, 47. She added 11 years to my life. I don't know, maybe it was the gray hair coming in on my beard. I don't know. When I told her what it, how old I really was, she kind of looked like, are you sure? So all week long then, all I heard was, Brother Kenny, you need to be more careful. Brother Kenny, you're going to die early because if you don't get some straightening. So I, I've got some work to do in my, in my diet, apparently. But listen, we have to realize that God gave us these bodies to serve him. And we're stewards of them. So yes, we need to be careful what we put into our bodies. We need to be careful what we do with our bodies. We need to be careful where we go with our bodies. We need to be careful the substances that we allow in. The things that are socially acceptable, but the Word of God has a lot to say about that the fact that they should not have any place in a Christian's life. There's a lot of things that we allow as Christians that God does not allow in His Word. And there are a lot of things that we allow socially, that we allow as Christians that are harmful to our bodies. They destroy the temple of God. And we need to be careful about what we do with our body. We need to realize that this body is the dwelling place of God, and what we do with it and where we go with it and how it appears to other people has a direct response or has a direct impact on what they see about our God. The tattoos that we put on. The alcohol that goes in, the cigarettes, the vaping, the drugs, whatever it may be. And there's a lot of that that's becoming very, very socially acceptable. But it's not right according to God's word. And it's harming and it's destroying our bodies. And we need to be careful about what we do with the body, with the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. Because it's his. It's not ours. Right? He's purchased us. We, we've been bought with a price. It's not mine. Once I put my faith and trust in Christ, this body is no longer mine to do with what I please. Now I have to submit and allow God to use my body for him. And so we've got to be careful about what we do with our bodies. But we've also got to be careful about what we do with our spirit. And sometimes I think we get to this verse and, and we talk about the body and we talk about the sin we talk about all the things that affect the body because Paul even references some of that in, earlier in, in, the first, in the verses leading right up to this. 
but sometimes we gloss over the, the spirit part of it. And we don't really focus on it a whole lot. But the Bible tells us here that we're to glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Because they're both God's. And while we were at camp, this verse was actually referenced by, by Pastor Herring in one of his messages. He didn't spend a lot of time on it, but he was preaching uh, multiple times about the prodigal son. He started on, on, on Monday night, he preached on the prodigal. And how he, he requested the substance of his father and went away and wasted it and ultimately would come back. He preached a message later on in the week about the love of the father, how the father was out there waiting for the prodigal when he came back. And then he preached a message, I, I think it was on Thursday night, uh, that he preached a message about the elder brother of the prodigal. And how we're not to be pharisaical in our lives, we're not to... Uh, put on the air that we're all correct and we're all right because that's the way that brother acted. But one of the things that he pointed out was that that elder brother that stayed home was just as much a prodigal as the one that left. The difference was is the prodigal that left, his sin was of his body. It was an outward sin. It was a very rebellious and open sin. Whereas the elder brother that stayed home, his sin was all inward. It was all, it was all in his spirit. It was all in his attitude. And, and he made this statement uh, as he was talking about that. And, and I think I put this quote in, in, one of the, in one of the slides. But he said this, The only thing that will keep you from serving God equally as much as sins in your life or sins in your body are sins in your spirit. And I just got to think about that because, again, I, I feel like the times I've heard this preached, I, I really don't feel like there's been a whole lot of focus on that word spirit. And yet, it has just as much of an impact and just as much of a, uh, can do just as much damage to the testimony of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives as just living outwardly where people know that we're living a life of sin. And he made this statement after he said that. He said, there is no place for bad attitude in God's word. Now, I'm just curious. Is there anybody else that struggles with having a, a bad attitude or, or negative spirit sometimes in your life? Or am I the only sinner in the room tonight? Okay. I think it's something we all struggle with. Right? I, I mean, I can be driving down the road and pull up to a stoplight, and my spirit goes from happy-go-lucky to I'm going to kill the whole world. Right? Whether it's because I got stuck there twice, or because somebody didn't go and I missed the light, or because somebody just ran me off the road. I, I don't know what it is. You know, you can drive, and it's going to test your spirit. But listen, when we come into the house of God on Sundays, and we've got a bad spirit, what does that do to the visitor that walks in and we shake their hand? What, is, what does that do when, when God wants us to maybe go up to somebody and speak to them and encourage them and, and share something that God has done in our life earlier in this week and we can't because all I'm focused on is what just happened. All I'm focused on is me because that's really what the sin of that spirit is. It's all, it's all about me. And, and, and we struggle with this a lot. We're, we're, humanly speaking, it's easy for us to be negative, especially in the world that we live, because everything is negative. 
Everything we listen to, everything we see, everywhere we go, it's negative, 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 negative. And it's something we have to work at to be positive. It's something we have to work at to have a good attitude, to have an attitude that is glorifying to Christ. But when somebody comes across your path and they see a good spirit and a good attitude in your life, it is so different from everything else in the world that they've got to wonder, why? How? How is that even possible for somebody to have that kind of an attitude? Brother Rene uh, over there is, is always, always, always trying to say thank you, trying to you know, encourage, say, hey, thank you for doing this, thank you for doing that, thank you for giving so much, thank you for doing this. And sometimes I just want to say, Rene, stop. Just stop. But that's who he is. And, and I appreciate the spirit that he has. There's not really a time I feel like that I've ever been around him that I feel like I've wanted to have a bad attitude because his attitude is always good. And just as much as a bad attitude is very, very contagious, so a good attitude and a good spirit is also very contagious. And and as God is giving us this passage here, he says, for you are bought with a price. Listen, Jesus Christ bought and paid for your life. He bought and paid for your body. The Holy Spirit is living there inside of you. Because of those things, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Because they're both God. And that brings us to number three, the reason. The reason. Why are are we to glorify God? Why does this even matter? Why did Paul even ask this question? Because we are God's. We are not our own. Bible tells us in Romans 12, 1 and 2, that he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's a choice that we make to lay ourselves living on the altar every single day of our lives. Every single day, we've got to put ourselves back on the altar. And guess what? The sacrifice that lays on the altar, he has no control over his life. He doesn't get to choose when he comes off the altar. So if we're going to truly lay ourselves on the altar, it's got to all be for God. Completely submitted and completely allowing him to do that. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. In our lives, everything that we are to do is to be for his glory. And that verse talks about uh, even the, the, the menial things, the things that we don't think about on a daily basis. We, we eat because we have to. We eat because it's natural, because it's normal. But whether, therefore, you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all. Do how much? How much? How much? Do all to the glory of God. It's all got to be for his glory. So as we think about these verses, what? What? Know ye not that your body is the, Holy Go- is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, 
you are not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, because of that, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If I can just say this as we close, young people, those of you that went to camp, and even the adults that are in here, can I challenge you to remember that you do not belong to yourself? You're not your own. Always remember that you are a representative of the one who owns you, Jesus Christ. Remember to do everything you do for his glory and his alone. Because that is ultimately all that matters in our lives. Will you glorify God? The question is, what? Don't you know? Don't you understand? We need to glorify God in everything that we do. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for these young people. Thank you for a great week, a couple weeks at camp, teen camp and junior camp. Lord, I thank you for speaking to their hearts. And Lord, I pray as we think about these verses that we've looked at tonight, Lord, may you speak to our hearts. May you challenge us that in our bodies and in our spirits, may they be used for the glory of Jesus Christ. Because we are not our own. We are bought with a price. And we are a representative of you. And so, Lord, I pray you'd help us to live a life every single day that is a a representation, an accurate representation of the Christ who lives inside of us. Lord, I pray you'd work in our hearts now as we have this invitation. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand to your feet for just a moment tonight? And uh, Becky's going to play. If God has spoken to your heart, if you'd like to come, just spend some time with the Lord here at the altar, you're welcome to do that. Maybe God has spoken to you about what you're allowing your body to be used for. Maybe God has spoken to you about something that is in your spirit or in your attitude. Maybe we just don't realize or or have lost perspective of the fact that we are not our own. We are God's. He paid and purchased for us with the blood of Jesus Christ. Maybe you just want to come down and say, God, thank you for Jesus Christ, for purchasing, shedding your blood to purchase us. Whatever God has spoken to you, would you come? May we live each and every day to the